You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrash and Kill You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show I'm joined today by the good and golden boy The internet's sweetheart, you know him, you love him Sometimes we call him 365 Days of Horror But today we're going to call him Jordan Jordan, how are you? I am good. Are you feeling energized and energetic and full of power right now, Joe? I am. Um, right now, it is. Uh, I think the entire state of Texas is under like an extreme heat warning. And it's been very miserable lately. Uh, all of East Texas, not all of East Texas, but most of East Texas has been without power for like five days now. And then right before uh, you and I got on to record, all my power just shit right on out. <laughs> Did it just pop off, or did you have the? It was the whoa, and I was like, ah. <laughs> that that somehow feels like more ominous than just like, oh, the lights are off. Yeah, um, and so I, I go outside and I knock on my neighbor's door. I'm like, did you have this as well? He's like, yeah, my shit's all out. So it's like, all right, well, let's call the power company. Uh, they were actually pretty quick getting us repaired, uh, but I think at great cost because every other house and place of business in my neighborhood is now without power. <laughs> it's one of the good things uh, for me living in an apartment building is if I lose power, like 300 other people lose power. So they get those up pretty quickly as compared to just like individual houses in the neighborhood that may lose power. Yeah, you don't have to ask. You can hear the collective. What the fuck? <laughs> just old people milling about in the hallway, loudly asking the same question. <laughs> Uh, so this is, I don't even think summer has started properly, has it? Not officially. Uh, by the time the show comes out, it will be. Okay. Well, seems like we are at an ominous start for this, another very long, very miserable, I fucking hate the summer, man. The, this is my least favorite season of all. I guess I don't really care and, for the other ones either, but this one's the worst. And yet for where I've been living, it's been unseasonably cool for most of the time. I, you know, it's it has been pretty good thus far, but the last week, the last two weeks now, it's just man, the humidity here. It feels like you're you're like in South Texas. It feels like you're in Houston, and it should not be the case here. It's uh, being wrapped up in a a warm blanket that's been farted in many many times. I do not care for it. And now is the time of year where you will inevitably be seeing on social media the same. Rob Zombie, more humid than humid meme that's been around for about ten years. Oh boy, I can't wait. Uh, but we're gonna make we're gonna make the most of this. You and I, we're gonna have a hot boy summer, uh, hot humid boy summer. Uh, we got we got lots of things planned uh, for the weeks coming forward. Um, the Patreon bonus episode for this month has us going through the stacks of '80s metal mags to bring you some blasts from the past, including some very, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Salacious? Uh, illegal? <laughs> Offensive? Uh, some, some, some things from the past that I think are, are, are worth revisiting here. Um, that's going to go up uh, before the end of the month, uh, so subscribe over at the Patreon to get that and many, many more episodes. Also, next week... If you want to join along with us for the regular feed episode, we are going to be watching The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 of the Metal Years, Penelope Furious's 1988 fucking classic, classic documentary about hair metal. 
if you haven't seen it, uh, you are in for an incredible treat. It is on YouTube. It is on Tubi. It's like everywhere. You might have a VHS copy in your friend's sock drawer. You, you can easily watch this one and you should watch it as well. Uh, so come prepared uh, to discuss that with us next week. Anything you want to add on that one? One fun thing we do for next week's show is not only do we talk about the interviews, the bands, everyone that's involved, but we actually go back and tell you about what happened to some of these bands and some of these just regular people who happen to be in this famous documentary and kind of revisit where they are now, if they're still alive, uh, if they're still working in music, or if they've committed federal crimes. There's a, there's a mix of both. I feel like uh, if you were in that documentary, you had an even chance of either joining Armored Saint or going to federal prison. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> uh, also, uh, yesterday, uh, Jordan and I went to the used bookstore and I bought a copy of Confess, Rob Halford's uh, autobiography that was recently released, I think, last year. So we'll be doing that on an upcoming summer episode as well, if you want to read along. Anything else there for the shameless plugs? Stupid books. Um, yeah, Patreon, patreon.com slash Toilet of Hell. You can always email us, Hell at gmail.com, Radio at gmail.com, and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us a message on Twitter, at Joe Thrashnikel, at 365 Days of Horror. We like hearing from you. Indeed. Uh, also, T-shirts available soon. I'm just trying to figure out exactly how to buy them. I mean, like, I know how to buy a t-shirt, but, like, how to buy them to best get them to you. That's the thing. So, I need a little bit of time to figure that out. But they're on the way. Whatever. Uh, okay. The shameless plugs are now done. Stacked them at the front of the episode instead of the very end. So, that means that we can focus entirely on this week's episode. we got a lot to discuss here. Uh, I would like to start out uh, revisiting uh, a subject that we've touched upon a few times here. Uh, because it offended me to my very core, and I think that a few of our listeners got a kick out of it as well. This would be none other than The Shredders. Are you familiar with The Shredders? The Shredders, I believe we are familiar with them, our listeners are familiar with them, and literally no one else in the world knows who they are. Yeah, uh, this week, uh, specifically seven days ago from the day that we recorded this, there were a bunch of outlets that uh, grabbed onto the latest press release from the Orchard Group's own The Shredders, the first and only, what are they saying? They're like an AI digital band or something that is also an NFT. What the fuck is their deal here? Yeah, it's a not real band that yeah. was created by uh, industry insiders that's attached to NFTs and a NFT fan community that will decide what music they put out. It's all nonsense. It's all a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And apparently no one actually listens to them because they have a new song out. And what is the view count now on YouTube for it? Uh, including mine, 107. Mm. Now, that is fine if you're like, you know, a, a, a normal band of people, like assuming there's four or five people in your band and you manage to convince like your coworkers and your immediate family, family members to watch the video. Yeah. Like that's probably about right. But this had the full weight of the Orchard Group, including the recent subsidiary press outlets, Metal Sucks, Metal Injection, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, not only 
publishing pieces about this, encouraging people to listen to it. But in the case of the Metal Sucks, adding this song to the official Metal Sucks playlist available on Spotify as well as Apple Music. That's the best you can get. And not only that, here's an extra kicker. The Black Dahlia Murder. Are you familiar with that band? Sure, we've heard of them before. Once or twice. Brandon Ellis of that band is featured on this track. Now, the Black Dahlia Murder, as we all know, is not a small band whatsoever. But this has to be the least listened to thing that Brandon Ellis, I think, has ever attached his name to. <laughs> that includes well, like high school demos. Let's be fair. It's possible people are listening elsewhere. It is on Spotify. It is on Apple Music, iTunes, Deezer, Amazon Music. It's on YouTube. It's on Tidal. And let me just click on their SoundCloud for a second. Oh, it has one play on SoundCloud. Hey, that's yours. <laughs> it's because I clicked on the link and that automatically counted as one listen. Here's the thing. For people that are listening uh, in the future, uh, you know, you might not realize like how how far things are in the past. Um, at, at, this, at the time of recording here, NFTs have been over for like over two years now. This is, uh, if it were anything at any given point, which it wasn't really, it's so far gone, this is where we're at. And yet, it is still full steam ahead with this project. Now, I don't want to claim credit for, you know, destroying this thing because it did a pretty good job on its own uh, of just, you know, setting itself up for failure. But I feel like uh, all of the completely black evil vibes that we put towards this project has had like an effect here. I think we've helped cut it down uh, where it stands. And it doesn't help that the people involved, the real people involved in this project doing the guest stuff, very obviously don't care about it. Even a little. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I did hear some rumors, perhaps, that Dave Davidson is involved in this, not only because it paid, but because he's just a, a big fan of crypto. <laughs> well, I think care about it in the sense that this is some sort of real project or is anything beyond something to make money. Oh, of course. And I mean, you and I listen to, you know, music that just is completely paint by numbers all the time. Uh, you know, that makes up the lion's share of the genre, I would say. But even this, this is this is lazy compared to all of that. This is just uh, an utter lack of effort on the part of anybody. Um, so uh, that's that's where we're at here. I, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, the, the first single, you know, that probably got like, what, 5,000 views or something like that? This one got 100. I can't wait to see what happens with the third one. Is it possible to have negative views? It just gets banned from YouTube. <laughs> so I have the press release here for the song. With their pursuit of universal domination now imminent, mm -hmm. Metaversian masters of metal, the Shredders, have unleashed their second single, Sins of the Valley, mm -hmm. on all streaming services today. Soaring solos, high-flying vocals... And rocketing riffs abound on the band's devil-endorsed latest track, which features a rockgasmic shred session with none other than Brandon Ellis, Black Dahlia Murder. Strap in, shredheads. This one's a doozy. Oh, boy. Commenting on working with band on the high-octane new song, Ellis says, It was great to work with the shredders team and have some fun making music on a killer track exclamation point it's great to see what the band 
It's great to see what they are doing to create a new experience for how fans interact with their favorite bands. I see. I mean, was he held at gunpoint while making this statement? I endorse this song or product. <laughs> um, I feel like um, the write-up there, like that would not have passed muster in like 2012 internet speak. I think that that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty dire. Uh, who maybe the press uh, agent itself is also you know an AI generated thing, uh, just uh, grabbing some of the worst words and phrases of uh, press releases past. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. This you could easily just do. Uh, just do a write up for me. I got nothing to say about it, and it would sound better. Yeah. Which makes me think that this is an actual quote from him. They're like, fine, just whatever. Send it out. Like you couldn't fake. Throwing in a couple couple more flowery words or more excitement or something. It's like, nope. It is great to see what they are doing. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good. I think this 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 project is going to go a long way. I think this is going to make a lot of people very rich. <laughs> By the time anyone cares, we'll already be at Web Four. Uh, yeah. I mean. <clears throat> This is a, a pretty neat encapsulation, though. So much money, so much energy, uh, so many uh, writers being, you know, prodded into into caring about any of this stuff. And the end result is nobody wants the metaverse. Nobody is excited about this AI-generated horseshit. Nobody is ever going to buy a fucking NFT ever again. 107 people, they're probably all employees or people like us that wish nothing but ill will on everyone involved. Like you could look at a successful band like Avenged Sevenfold that's very much into all this stuff and it really hasn't helped them at all and is probably a detriment to their bottom line in the long run of people that just don't care about this stuff no matter how much they're pushing buy an NFT of our mascot or you can buy tickets through Ticketmaster and our web whatever portal. Like oh, It's all nonsense. And at the end of the day, I don't think most normal fans want this sort of thing. And the more you push it, the more you turn people off and take away all of the goodwill and all of the memories and stuff that you have with a well-established band. And you're left with all the bad feelings, which is the shredders. Yeah, essentially. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I know that uh, Avenged Sevenfold recently released uh, this record that, uh, I mean, I everybody that I know personally within the metal scene is kind of like, wow, this is a... Uh, this is fucking dog shit, but uh, their fans are losing it over it. They love it. They can't get enough. Um, someone, uh, some rando came at me for making a, um, a mean a mean comment online uh, about the Guardian write-up that they got. Like um, The headline there was, Metal Superstars Avenged Sevenfold, quote, Reading Camus led to psychedelic exploration with a shaman. And it's like... Well, this sounds unbearable, but their fans are fucking losing it. Uh, one filmed a video of herself crying while listening to the record. <laughs> I mean, same, but yeah, just for, for different reasons. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what do you make of this? Uh, I mean, I feel like that's the thing. You're, you have your diehards that are going to ride or die with you, but like, uh, I feel like uh, everyone else that came along for the Bat Country or whatever is pretty well turned off. Uh, after this record that doesn't sound very good and also the band's preoccupation with selling crypto t with to get uh, <clears throat> was it useless uh, bulletproof vest Ukraine or whatever the fuck 
Yeah, this is catering to the hardcore of the hardcore, and it just, you don't even have casual fans anymore, I don't think, unless they're just unaware of everything that's going on with the band, and they just remember Waking the Fallen, and they want to go to their one or two concerts a year. And it's not to say that, like, when they play shows, they're not going to sell well. They are, they have enough fans, but you're kind of making your universe smaller, and, like, while there may be... Uh, a maintained or even increased intensity among the people who already like you average people i don't think are going to be too interested in it. and then you know you go from 10 million record sales to 2 million to 1 million to lower and lower i mean i don't know i guess try to squeeze money out of the remaining people as much as you can with all of this grifting nft stuff i mean if you just take your band to the metaverse you can have all the fans you want just generated endlessly within <laughs> without bottom halves exactly uh but i mean it's a, a as they say like a rising tide lifts all boats or some shit like that and it seems like we're very much in the dregs of the tide the tide's gone and it's never fucking coming back is it we're in the bathtub right now there is no tide <laughs> Uh, there is a, a piece that came out uh, earlier this week uh, where Danny Filth uh, did an interview with uh, Sakis Fragos of Hard Rock Greece, as transcribed by Blabbermouth. Thanks again, Blabbermouth. We'll send you your requisite check. Um, where he called Spotify the biggest criminals in the world. You know, without reading into this further, agree or disagree, Spotify, the biggest criminals in the world. Biggest criminals in the world is hard because there is like the pharmaceutical company and government. Congress, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like biggest in the world, eh. biggest in the music industry. Yeah. That's a discussion. I, I'm willing to listen. I'll sit down and hear what you have to say. I, I would still give the title to Ticketmaster before true. Spotify. That's true. But I mean, like, it really, it's kind of a toss up at this point. Yeah, it's. I feel like with Ticketmaster, they do things outside of just music, you know, yeah. whatever other events. So it's kind of a, a bigger net than Spotify, which is really music based and now podcast, uh, with uh, not counting like Harry and Meghan. <laughs> Did they ever actually produce a single episode of that show? <laughs> I think there was like just a handful of some things that came out to them. Then nothing, and then didn't they, like, just breach their contract to get out of it? Yeah, you, you know, like, the piece that I saw uh, that had uh, was talking about how Spotify gave tens of millions of dollars to, uh, like, Obama and uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle to make podcasts. And uh, Harry and Meghan, I, I think they maybe did one episode, and they fucking phoned it in. And uh, quoting, I, the, I believe it's uh, one of the executives in terms of the podcast division at Spotify, Bill Simmons. Do you Bill fucking Simmons? Bill fucking Simmons. Yes, that Bill Simmons is like, wow, these people are grifters. They screwed us over. <laughs> it's like one of those things where, like, hey, hey, you're all right. <laughs> you're all terrible. You're all <laughs> screwing each other over. So I'm just gonna sit back and go, yeah, all right, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, man, I, I never would have thought when I was hating Bill Simmons like 15 years ago, this is where he would have fallen. <laughs> it's 
real strange bedfellows that Spotify has created. For sure, for sure. Uh, but for, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Danny Filth of the Cradles of Filth here. So uh, he says here, it's been deteriorating ever since. I think 2006 was the year that everything swapped from being comfortable for musicians. Well, not necessarily comfortable. It was never comfortable. But it went to just being a lot harder with the onset of the digital age, the onset of music streaming platforms that don't pay anybody. Like Spotify are the biggest criminals in the world. I think we had 25, 26 million plays last year. And I think personally, I got about 20 pounds, which is less than an hourly work rate. That's a lot less than an hourly work rate, I would say. For the example, the other day, my girlfriend, she's got an ill cat. Her cat's very sick and needed a life or death operation. She's a well-known tattooist, and she posted a thing online about a GoFundMe for her cat. And she was going to do a raffle, and people going to get out a tattoo, etc., etc. The point of it is that a lot of people were like, why the fuck should we pay your cat? You're going out with a multimillionaire. And she was like, excuse me, I don't think you understand how the music industry works nowadays. One, he's not a multimillionaire at all. Two, I'm my own person. It has nothing to do with him. <laughs> what do you make of all that? Yeah, I mean, this is, like you mentioned, it's been a problem for musicians to make any sort of money really ever, but especially with the rise of these different uh, streaming services that you and I both use, you know, fair enough, that they get paid nothing. And as someone who has bands on Spotify, I get paid even less than nothing. Someone who has bands on Bandcamp, I don't get paid much out of that either, depending on what kind of deal you have, if... The music's like put through your record label, for example. Mm-hmm. It's connected. Anything that's sold goes to them before it ever reaches to you. Um, when selling merchandise, Bandcamp takes their cut, which is why all these Bandcamp days are so important for bands. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's. I think, especially for younger fans, but just music fans in general, we don't really comprehend how much bands actually make because you know we just assume oh the song's everywhere everyone's talking about sleep token they must be doing great who knows with management if they're hooked up with any sort of i think they're on universal maybe um and just everyone takes a piece of the pie and by the time you're actually home you have very little or you're in the red you've lost money despite playing big venues and sold out shows and selling all your merch because Everything is more expensive now, and everyone's taking a piece. And when your biggest resource for reaching new people is most likely Spotify, and you get paid not even pennies for each song play, you have to sometimes make a GoFundMe to take care of your pets or family members or yourself. And you know, if anything, more bands should talk about this. Not so much like a Dave Mustaine saying, "Oh, we lose." $45,000 every day when we're not touring. It's more of the real, this is, a, I have a problem, I need help, I can't afford this. Yeah. Which I think opens up people to kind of understanding what's happening with the music industry and how it's getting worse and not better. With Danny Phil specifically, he had the good fortune to make a name for himself and his band in the era before all of this shit. And, you know, I say it all the time, like, if you want to make any money in the industry, have a successful band 30 years ago. <laughs> so he, uh, he, he did that. That's, he's probably going to do okay. 
you know, it's not as much as it would be if, you know, we were still living in those early times. But uh, every time Cradle of Tour, Cradle of Filth tours, yeah, they do they do pretty fucking well, I would say. It's just it's different now. Uh, so that being said, like if your band's starting up today, uh, if you're a sleep token, et cetera, et cetera, you're fucked. <laughs> like you'd better hope that you have wealthy parents because uh, otherwise, like there's nothing in this at all. Yeah, it's like uh, nowadays you have the chance of reaching more people thanks to streaming services and better PR and all sorts of other avenues for people to actually find your music. But that's we talked about rising tide. If anything, the tide has lowered bringing some of these top bands down to the smaller bands level in terms of actually making anything out of it. That's a pretty good point, actually. <laughs> and uh, it's it's you have to be, you know, kind of independently wealthy to stay at the top. And those guys are quickly approaching their twilight years, I would say. I mean, if you look at festival lineups that get announced, it's the same maybe two, three, four bands at the very top, and then everybody else is just sinking deeper and deeper. <laughs> I think, really, we've said it before, but in the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot of the older headliner bands pass away yeah. or finally break up forever or just cease to be. They cannot pull in fans anymore because they've been doing these circuits every year, playing every summer throughout Europe throughout the US and while like new bands will fill the void they won't be at the same level like you're gonna get a bad omens headlining a festival yeah and it's not even anything against the music that they make it's just based off of YouTube listens more than actual dedicated fandoms you're gonna get more falling in reverses and those types of bands that maybe do well social media wise, maybe can sell singles, but don't really have a lot behind them enough to sustain some of these bigger tours and fests. I think that maybe this is a problem that we got to kind of get to the very base level with. How do you make the guitar popular with children again? <laughs> well, we talk about things being cyclical and fashion coming back every 20 years and uh, you know, being into retro 90s things now for Zoomers and I think Generation Alpha is the one after them. Uh, so it's certainly possible. I just the biggest drivers to get music to people's ears don't want to do that anymore. They're much more interested in buying up Bruce Springsteen's music catalog so that they could throw in uh, Born to Run for like a vacuum commercial. <laughs> It's depressing, but it's true. I saw. So why you know they, they don't want to put the money into building up these new bands or even taking a risk and go like in the '90s where we why we had so many different one-hit wonders is because these labels didn't know what to do and interest kept changing. Like every two years, there was no like Nirvana. There's no one mega band really to kind of drive a lot of these things. So they would take a chance on Toad the Wet Sprocket or the Brian Setzer Orchestra or anything, just trying to get the next big thing. So like we got a lot of different music and a lot of singular bands where we like one song, but like now they're not even doing that because they're so risk averse. They want to make a million dollars today instead of making $2 million a year from now. Where is the generation of bands influenced by OMC's How Bizarre? 
those are the, these are the real questions we need to delve into. Uh, no, it's 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 a shame. It's, it goes down to like the networks of distribution as well. Uh, the radio, when completely captured by Clear Channel, uh, decided to play the same hundred songs. Uh, you know, certain property managers fight to purchase those hundred songs so that they can distribute them at will and make, you know, residuals based on those rather than, you know, di- trying to invest in anything new because there is no point in any of it. I guess we've covered the ground before, but like I learned this week that, uh, fucking D Snyder, you know, my public enemy, number one, he said that he sold his entire catalog of songs back in 2015. And still to this day, he plugs his own music, like the two songs that anybody knows by him every single day, every single interview that he gets. And it's like, what's the point? You're not even making a dime on that anymore. That's somebody else's money. It's real sick shit. He he has nothing else to like hang his hat on. It's just those two songs. Beyond that, he's been in a couple of movies. He has a crummy syndicated radio show. And uh, I guess he has a book coming out now. Oh, yeah. Whoever the hell would actually want to read that. I, I did take a look at like his description of it. The book is called Frats. If you wanted to read that by D. Snyder, he said that when he was in high school, his school had a bad gang slash frat problem. I don't, I don't know. That sounds baffling to me. I don't know why anybody would want to read that. <laughs> Just a bunch of guys in Greek letter sweaters shoving D. Snyder into a locker. I guess, but it's also like, that's a college thing, and you're describing this in high school. It makes no sense to me. The things that you're talking about make no sense. You're old. Fuck you. Uh, also, I wanted to bring this up. D. Snyder, uh, we talked about him a lot last week. I got mad about it, even though I said I wouldn't. And I apologize uh, to uh, our listener that uh, called me out on swearing too much in that segment um, because his kid was in the car. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know... D. Snyder is enjoying his cancel culture renaissance at the moment. Uh, so to commemorate that, he, of course, uh, did that rite of passage that all of these aggrieved shitheads have to do. Did an interview with Fox News. <laughs> well, I, I, I hate to have to correct you, but he didn't actually do it with Fox News. He did it with Fox News Digital, Ooh. which is way sadder. Like That's... They also have Fox Nation. They have their streaming stuff. Fox News Digital is like, their website? I guess so. It feels like uh, doing an interview with Opie and Anthony, but you're stuck with Opie. <laughs> like, you didn't even get the primetime shitheads. Uh, well, anyway, he, for what it's worth, nothing here is really, nothing here is really worth talking about. It's the same thing. He's doubling down and saying, you can't cancel me because I didn't do anything wrong. Whatever. Like, no one cares about you enough to cancel you. Yeah. They just don't want you on their parade when everyone's happy and joyous and you're saying backwards boomer stuff that you read from Facebook. It's all you got to know about the guy now is how fast he ran to Fox News to complain about people being mad at him. Like, so much for being a so called centrist. I mean, well, that's exactly what it is. Somebody that describes themselves as a centrist, especially in these times, it's like, if I look at you wrong, you are going to, I mean, completely throw on a Nazi armband. <laughs> it's that squat, it's that soft, squishy middle that we talked about last week. It's, 
it's real soft and it's real squishy and it tends to go hard right. <laughs> I mean, even Paul Stanley stopped talking about this. And this all originated from the stupid thing that he posted. And I know that Paul Stanley has to regret it because every time that fucking D. Snyder opens his mouth, he's like, Paul Stanley apologized. I won't, though. <laughs> yeah, credit to Paul Stanley for having the sense to apologize. Uh, I guess. Listen to uh, next week's episode for more on Paul Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about before festivals and just some of these bands not being able to really cut it anymore. Did you see New England Metal and Hardcore Fest is back? I did, although I was confused because I looked at the poster, I saw the name, I saw the bands, I was like, this is uh, from 2008. <laughs> I saw the lineup and said, wait, this was Metal or Milwaukee Metal Fest from a month ago. It's essentially the same, and I believe that there is a common party in between it, isn't there? Would it be Jasta Pasta? Jasta Pasta. He's a... Uh... I guess he must have like sold enough of that stuff to to have some soul jangle jangle going around in his pocket. Cause he's uh, he's been buying up these defunct festivals like nobody's business. Like I don't think he's officially like the spokesperson for this. The main guy who used to do New England Melon Harbor Fest has been quoted as being involved in this again. But because hate breeds on this. Because it is very similar to what Milwaukee Metal Fest was, because it's also very similar to the Tattoo the Earth Festival that he was involved with last year with a lot of the same bands at the same venue. Yeah. This is at the Worcester Palladium outside, which is just a parking lot behind the venue. He has his stink all over this. And much like Milwaukee Metal Fest, this is fine. It's Fine. This is borderline, like, not fine to me, actually. <laughs> like, I, I live an hour away. I'm not going to this because my same feelings with Milwaukee Metal Fest is that there's really nothing here that makes me want to travel to see this. Whereas, like, a Maryland Death Fest or even some of the Decibel Festivals, you have bands that don't come to the U.S. very often or they're playing an album in full that they've never done before or this is, like, their exclusive U.S.-only appearance for the entire year. Like I saw for Maryland Death Fest, My Dying Bride is on there. And it pisses me off because it's an exclusive U.S. show, which doesn't make me want to go to your festival. It just makes me resent you more. <laughs> uh, but I digress. This New England Metal and Hardcore Festival, if you want, uh, the lineups for the old festivals you can see and see, especially in like the early and mid-2000s, just how stacked the lineup was. Because they used to cram bands onto this thing. It's two stages. One main stage, one small side stage upstairs in the Palladium. And it this thing started at like noon. And especially for the second stage, bands got like 25 minutes. And you're on and you're off. And like sharing the same equipment. Boom, boom, boom. So you can go through those lineups and just see some bands that later on became much bigger playing at like 1.15 on a Sunday probably in front of a packed room because this used to be a big thing. Um, but they're not doing that anymore, and now it's, again, it's fine. So this used to be a three-day festival. Now it's one and a half days. I mean, half is pretty generous, but yeah, generous. it was a separate day. <laughs> yeah, and late, later on, towards the end of the festival, they did this more. It was just a couple of actual tours passing through that they threw on a handful of bands on the second stage. 
And that's what we get for the Friday edition of this. This is September 15th and 16th, later on this year. Friday, Parkway Drive, Boo. The Amity Affliction, Boo. North Lane, Boo. make them suffer. I don't know. Might as well boo. <laughs> Might as well boo. Boo! <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah. Nothing for me. I got nothing for you either. It is a show with his name attached to this festival. Not, not for me. Saturday is the actual meat of this New England Hardcore Festival. It is the uh, disappointing, I don't know, corned beef and hash on the side of this thing. Headlining, Lamb of God. All right. Haven't seen them in Mm. like a minute. One, two, Mm. two, three minutes. Like they've never stopped. No, never. So what's the appeal? They've been touring pretty frequently for the past 10 years at this point. They peaked in the late 2000s. They don't have as many as the original members as they used to or the ones that we know. So it's kind of like, I don't know. What's the point? And maybe it'll be announced later that they'll do As the Palaces Burn all the way through, which I think they might have done at Milwaukee Metal Fest. But regardless, that's your headliner. That's your big get for this. That's And that's the thing. Like, if you really want to see Lamb of God, like, just wait around like a day. They'll be there. They're, they'll be in, a, like, the bowling alley near you. They're always playing constantly. They never stop. They're always in your neighborhood. So is this the killer get for the rechristened New England Metal and Hardcore Festival? Like that's kind of that's kind of a bummer. We also have Hatebreed. Yeah, f- mm-hmm. yeah, always there. Shadows Fall, which hey, at least they don't tour constantly, and they've only been doing a couple of shows here and there over the past couple of years, and they're a local band. That's cool. They're also talking about putting out new music. Perfectly acceptable. The Black Dahlia Murder. All right. Dying Fetus. Mm, I mean, okay, that's fine. I would, I, I would go see Dying Fetus. But again, at a festival and one of the higher names up, you could see him at your local 200-cat venue. Yeah, absolutely. And this does have the Jamie Josta imprint on it because I believe he sells some Dying Fetus shirts off of his website. <sighs> Why would I buy from him? <laughs> well, I think it's based off of his podcast, some slogan or saying about dying fetus that he turned into a T-shirt. <sighs> is, Fit is, for is an that, Sorry, I just okay. want to. I just want to pause there. Is that really like our, maybe our biggest competition? Is the fucking Jamie Josta podcast? I don't know about competition. I think it's just he has name recognition and has like been doing this for many years, and just gets his friends and other bands to be on his show. It's just I, I've listened to his show before. It's dog shit, man. It's it's not fun. We're not really, not really exploring anything that we uh, we could here. It's it's just very very dull. But I, I was right. He does sell a T-shirt for dying fetus. Would you like to know what the shirt is? Please. It just says, "Fetus, bro." That's killer. I mean, that's fucking mm-hmm. wild, man. Like. Yeah. It's fetus, bro. Like, that's classic. Yeah. Classic. I got to get that tea. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. Fit for an autopsy, who we talked about and believing that the Deathcore revival was going to make great things for the genre once again. Yep, that's going to happen any day now. Despised icon. Uh, not for me. Not for me, but you know what? Uh, they don't play a lot of shows. That's and some true. Some people seem that's to really like that's them. That's true. So, fine. Yeah, you got it. 
Chelsea Grin. Oh, God. Terror. Ugh. 100 Demons with In the Eyes of the Lord lineup. Ooh. Is that a killer get for you? I saw 100 Demons at Hellfest uh, knowing full well that there were going to be fights. That's pretty much why. They played like a, the tiniest side room. And I stayed. I wasn't even in the room. I stayed outside of the room just to watch what was going to happen. And sure enough, I saw five guys wailing on one like middle-aged man. You don't want to recruit. So that's that? what you're going to get if you go to the show. I mean, does that not have any appeal to you now currently? No, it does not. <laughs> Especially in Worcester, you're going to get FSU and other crews and guys with neck tattoos just swinging wildly at 15-year-old children. Uh, love to see it. <clears throat> All right, we'll run through the rest of these. Vein FM, mm. 200 Stab Wounds, Crown mm. Magnetar, Darkest Hour, which saw, seems kind of low on this list, all things considered. I saw Darkest Hour at a uh, maybe a 40-person pizza place in 2006, I want to say. <laughs> I saw them on Warp Tour. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. That's it. Uh, Enterprise Earth, Frozen Soul, Fuming Mouth, Gates to Hell, Hazing Over, Jesus Peach, Peace, Jesus Peach, Jesus Peace, who also seem fairly low on this list, uh, Judiciary, Momentum, Pale Face, and then in parentheses, Swiss. So I guess their name is Pale Face Swiss. Uh, the Swiss Pale Face, not to be confused with the Canadian Pale Face, I guess. Ringworm, Tribal Gaze, and Undead. Hmm. I guess they just went with alphabetical, but there you go. That's the little metal hardcore fest if you want to go. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a handful of bands there I would see, but again, there's a, all of them I could have, do have the opportunity to see any given season, I would say. Yeah, yeah, there's, to me, there's nothing really there that's like, I you have to see them, unless you absolutely love one of the bands. If anything, just wait for it to come to your local closer venue. It'll be cheaper you'll probably get a longer set and you won't be outside in the hot september sun roasting in a parking lot while getting punched in the back of the head by timmy tommy patty jimmy and johnny you want to compare it to the last new england metal and hardcore fest from 2018 you can i remember that being a pretty pathetic festival as well i mean i'm looking at it right now and i'm at least seeing like some variety <laughs> It's true. The the fest did used to have more variety. Like you could even see like power metal bands occasionally yeah. or black metal bands on the fest. One of the headliners from the 2018 edition was Camelot. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, I, I think around that time it was also, again, fe uh, regular shows coming through that they attached because like at one point, like all that remains was also a headliner. Ah, OK. I got you. Well, I mean, regardless, uh the last time there was like Morbid Angel and Camelot, and this time you got Lamb of God, <laughs> Parkway Drive. Those are big headliners. Pathetic. Pathetic. That's okay, though. There's plenty of other festivals out there, and I'm sure that they're way better, right? I mean, there's definitely other fests out there. Hmm. I don't know about better. It's for you and other people to decide, because on the same weekend, on the other side of the country... At the House of Blues in Anaheim, we get the very first Metal Injection Festival. I assume it's just their um, person running Instagram yelling at the commenters about how good Ghost and Sleep Token are. I love that you have beef with the guy that runs the uh, Metal Injection Instagram. 
it's just very annoying. Just just let it go. Who cares that people are goofing on Ghost and Sleep Token? You do not need to defend the honor of Ghost and Sleep Token. I They're mean, he, doing fine without you. He might. Like, if he's a uh, package deal with the Orchard Entertainment Group, he might literally need to. <laughs> It's funny you point that out because seeing all this, I'm like, fuck, who, who is Sleep Token with? I need to know. They have to be part of Sony because, you know, Sony owns the tor- the Orchard, who owns Metal Injection, who owns et cetera, et cetera. But I think they're with the Universal Music Group. Okay. All right. Well, maybe not his job, so stay in your lane, pal. So at this Metal Injection Festival, we have the big headliner, Testament. Wow. And they've been gone so long. Followed by Machine Head. Oh, that's the most galling, that we're at the point where Machine Head is a headliner consistently throughout. And it's like, why? <laughs> what did I do to end up in this timeline? Like, at least make it fun and do uh, the burning red all the way through. That would at least entice me a little bit. Like, I still wouldn't pay money or go see it, but it would be like, that's fun. Is Rob Flynn going to do his spiky hair in the red vinyl jumpsuit again? Like, at least lean into it or make the special. Don't just do the clap your hands song that everyone absolutely hated. Awful stuff. Um, what else you got? Fear Factory doing demanufacture and obsolete set. All right. I mean that that at least is something there. Uh, they got their new their new vocalist fella too, so maybe it'll be good. Yeah, they got the new vocalist. They're doing two albums. I'm okay with that. I think that's. Maybe not full headliner, but definitely big name band on the festival. Cool. Then we have Cavalera. Which one? Not Cavalera. Not Cavalera Conspiracy. Not Soulfly. Not Sepultura. Not Max uh, featuring Igor. It's. Just, I mean, it, it is them, but they're doing Morbid Visions and Bestial Devastation. Okay. All right. I guess. I guess there's still uh, some legality questions with what names we can use here, <laughs> but all right, sure. We know, you know what you can expect there at least. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Sepultura is still very active, yes, and like they they work hard. They seem to like not have any problems with people. They are consistently putting out music or going on tours and playing festivals, and like I. I almost want them to just sell the name to Max. Like, just get paid. Call yeah. it a day. It's okay. Whatever. Get your $1 million from Max and Gloria Cavalera. And I don't know. Create another band or work out a deal where you can just be Sepultura AD or something like that. Because at this point, you might as well. I think it would be mutually beneficial to both you and the Cavaleras to do that. I think it. I think it'd be interesting if they traded names. Like Sepultura was like, okay, Max Cavalera, you can go by Sepultura. In return, we go by as Max Cavalera. <laughs> we are Cavalera now. <laughs> I like that deal. Uh, also on this fest, we'll run through it real quick. Exhumed. Hey, we know Ross. <laughs> Dead Heat. They're new. I don't know them though. I don't. I don't. Zababa. I like them. My favorite Zabalbasaur. In Sight, which is Max Cavalera's son, right? I believe so, yes. Spirit Adrift? Hey, we like him. I don't know this one. Is this Vaxstone? 
A pawn stone? That says a pawn. That's terrible. Yeah. Fine. A pawn stone, ex mortis, fueled by fire, contra cult, thrown into exile, and our favorite king with a Y. Did what part did Jose Mangan have in getting them on this fest? Probably a lot of it. <laughs> Probably a lot. Want, maybe they just have like naked blackmail pictures of promoters and festival site people that they keep getting on these shows and getting mentioned. Because for the life of me, I don't think I've ever heard a single person talk about King or wear a King shirt. I think they are just a name on a poster or a name on a top 10 list. They may not actually exist, and I refuse to find out if they do. <laughs> that seems fair. I, I that, that does seem like... Uh, I, I know one person specifically, and person is stretching a little bit, I would say. That's <laughs> Andy <indicating. laughs> Um But, you know, if you go, you can also enter to win a guitar signed by either Max Cavalera or Alex Skolnick. So uh, there's that, too. You got, you got lots of reasons to go to this festival. Uh, what do you think? You're going to be making the trip out to, where the fuck is this? Anaheim. God. Anaheim. Ugh. No. No. Biggest parking lot in California. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I'm probably not going to make it to this one, but you know, hopefully uh, hopefully this works out for them so they can continue uh, the Metal Injection Festival. <sighs> not for me. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, let's talk about something that is for me, if that's okay. Uh, cranks specifically within uh, the metal sphere. I fucking love this shit. This is my bread and butter. This is really all I care to be talking about. Ash from Sumerian Records. When we last uh, spoke about him, what was he up to? Uh, was he pushing anti-vax stuff with like paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of how he wasn't anti-vax? And how he harassed Tom Morello, who was like on his way to the grocery store about vaccinations. And he was doing this all from the Sumerian Instagram page. Oh, and, and their Twitter page as well. Yes. Uh, this was, again, if you're a time traveler, like three years after anybody gave a shit about the vaccines. <laughs> you know, you, well, su- you say that, you say that, but just this past weekend, it all cranked up again for some reason. Well,. Let's talk about it, because I certainly have opinions. Uh, what, what, lay the stage for us. What's Ash up to now? Well, he's back to his old tricks, using the Sumerian page to boost not just anti-vax thoughts, but an anti-vax person, I'm doing air quotes, running for president. Sure. Sure. This, this, <laughs> this guy really has a strong chance here. With uh, half a percentage of the vote that I'm sure he'll get. This is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Another one of these fucking guys? Another one of these guys. I thought, does LBJ need to teach you another lesson? (laughs) He just needs to listen to LBJ talking about how he needs special pants inseam for his huge hog. (laughs) Um, So this has been astroturfed pretty hard the last couple of weeks and as far as I can tell is going to go absolutely fucking nowhere I judge this by talking to my dumbest cousin and asking him his opinion like uh, do you know who like X is and I ask him do you know who Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is no <laughs> no idea his, his claim to fame is that he is a Kennedy mm-hmm. and he's just a he's married to Cheryl Hines 
That's from, uh, yeah. uh, curb your curb your enthusiasm. Yes. Awesome. Which is so disappointing. And he is just a huge vaccine conspiracy freak is the best way to put it. It's not even I'm just asking questions. It's full on. The water is turning our children transgender lunatic. HIV isn't a real thing. The government's controlling you through your TV type stuff. And he's getting a boost now through Steve Bannon and all these other right wing freaks. Yeah, like David, David Sachs, like one of the big campaign managers for Ron DeSantis is pushing him as well. And and that lets you all, lets lets you know all you need to know. Number one, David Sachs and Ron DeSantis, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The thing that the three of them have in common is that they're huge fucking losers. The average person sees them and is repelled. (laughs) And like taking away like his actual words, if you ever wanted to listen to Robert F. Kennedy, like... Don't worry about what he's saying. Just listen to him speak. He can't form a coherent sentence. He's no. just a, a bumbling, stumbling, gross, throaty mess of a human being. So any support that he gets is from complete fucking freaks and people who just want to hurt Joe Biden in the election by siphoning off 3% of the vote so their big, wet, sweaty boy Trump can win. Uh, yeah, 3% is really stretching it, I would it's, say. It's stretching it. But I'm just saying that's what they want to happen when something is very close, like the last election. That can make the difference. I have uh, no fond opinions whatsoever about Joe Biden, but sure. I mean, like, come on. Look, this is a fucking joke. This is not even – this is nothing. This is – any kind of juice you could have wrung from like a mass anti-vax movement is so fucking dead. Sure, you've got plenty of people dumb as fuck shitting up the world, like making sure that their kids are susceptible to fucking measles, but like it's just not enough to move a needle in any conceivable way. It's embarrassing. Like uh, Joe Rogan of all people, like I figured that he would uh, be, I guess, I'm not smart is not the right, right word for it, but savvy enough to be like, Eh, I don't really want to throw my shit in with these people. I'm just going to continue uh, injecting HGH and making sure my head can get as big as possible before I die of a fucking aneurysm. Just stretching out all of the necks on his shirts. Um, I know we talk about short short guys on this show all the time, but that, Joe Rogan has to be like maybe five foot two. <laughs> just a very stumpy guy. I mean, the thing is, is like if he was just doing all of this to get people to watch or listen to a show. Okay, you're just a scummy grifter, but he like really believes this stuff. Yeah, it's not even like a come on my show and we'll talk about it, or we'll just have a debate, just you know, to prod people to be like some sort of shock jock. It's no, we really should listen. Let's they have something to say. It's no, no, you don't. And now like Elon Musk is in on this. It's just the worst fucking people. Excuse me, sorry, we shouldn't curse. The worst people involved in pushing this nonsense and now the guy from sumerian records is all in on this so Um, i think that ash from sumerian is actually a great use case in this example because he is buying the bullshit so to speak he is bought into this i fully believe he will write on his ballot robert f kennedy jr like for president in a year or so uh because he is he's kind of proven not that smart uh, he's just not that smart of a guy. He's very enthusiastic, though. You got to give him that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say he's a true believer. He's also, you know, a rich true believer, so he doesn't have much to lose from this. Huh? The, and it's very telling that it's not even just through his own personal pages that he's doing this. 
it's through Sumerian. It is to reach as many people as possible and to convert people who just want to listen to his bands to support this absolute kook. So a couple of days ago on Instagram, posted a TikTok video of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. appearing on Joe Rogan show talking about how you're being lied to, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Of and, course you are, but not about this. Sure. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> not what you're saying. Uh, so he's on Sumerian's Instagram, uh, along with this TikTok video, posted, Our founder, at Ash Avildsen, spoke about all this years before starting Sumerian in his band with at Tosin Abasi. Poor Tosin. <laughs> Just getting dragged into this. How are you going to fucking at? Tosin in your stupid anti-vax post, you fucking dickhead. That is just against all internet etiquette whatsoever. To to boost it more, yeah. to add credence to what he's saying, like if Tosin was in a band with me, surely I know what I'm talking about. And at Stephen Clifford. I would like Tosin to like get one of his big hats and just throw it at him like noob cybot. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh I just want to see his face from when he was on that show we watched, No Covers, where a band was like playing and he really didn't like them. Just a mm? I want that face whenever Tosin logs into, insta- into Instagram and sees Ash attaching his name to this stuff. Now it's all finally coming to mainstream light. There is truth and then there is everything else. American flag emoji, heart emoji, at Robert F. Kennedy Jr., hashtag Kennedy2024. And this has been liked 5,769 times and with animals as leaders. Hmm. And it has 463 comments. And a lot of this is, why is this on Sumerian? Shout out to all the poor bands on this label that are going to be negatively affected by this. (laughs) The fuck is this? I was expecting a transition into some music like Planetary Duality 1. (laughs) Everyone confused by this has never listened to classic Sumerian core. Big yikes. This has to be a troll post. LMFAO. You can still delete this, intern. To which Ash replies. Ridiculous, uneducated statement about a Harvard-educated environmental lawyer. But go ahead, Rockstar. Tell us who you believe the best option is for 2024. You have such a strong anti-Kennedy opinion, so now tell us who is the better option. Now say it. And that has 50 replies. I bet. I mean, I can think of a bunch of people off the top of my head I would much rather have there, personally. It just makes me think about that other, uh, that uh, failed, uh, like, genetic clone of a Kennedy that tried to primary Ed Markey and got his fucking ass handed to him, the first Kennedy in, like, the history of all of them to lose. (laughs) He got cucked so hard in that election that he just dropped out of politics forever love it we love i love it when somebody realizes oh i am a failure i have i have brought shame to my father's name (laughs) and yeah like you can go on instagram if you're really curious and look at because sumerian responds to stuff ash responds to more stuff and some of the comments are just great you know wtf is this ash has always been a right-wing alex jones listener What's the name of the band with Tosin? I want to hear that. Trump masqueraded as an anti-imperious and anti-secret government populist, and he succeeded. It's just, it's people dunking on Ash, on Sumeria, and a couple people are real souped on it, and it's just, man, this don't help you. This ain't it. This guy ain't it. And he has said some truly awful, horrible things, and there are pictures of him hanging out with, like, 
Roger Stone. Yeah. And General Mike Flynn, just QAnon, lunatic, crazy people. And this is the guy you like? Like, uh, out of the whole cast of rogues to come from, like, the Trump years or whatever, like, really underappreciated fact is that, like, Mike Flynn is a true dyed-in-the-wool fucking psycho who had, like, his fingers on, the on, like, the buttons. Uh, it's truly horrifying stuff. And it's amazing that, like, he went away willingly. Knowing what we know now about Trump and his supporters, he could have just stayed. Could have. And they probably would have let him. They'd probably been like, yeah, this is awesome because Trump is still buddies with him. He called into one of his QAnon conferences and they put him on speakerphone. So, uh, yeah, don't listen to Ash. Don't listen to Sumerian. Do not vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. LMNOP. I mean, like this guy sucks. I'm going to I'm going to just go ahead and throw a prediction out there. Even if you wanted to, the name will not be on the ballot. It will be a write in affair. <laughs> You can fucking, I will bet 100 USD on that, dude. <laughs> it is difficult to get on your actual ballots. You need, depending on the state, you need the money to pony up, which he'll have. And you also need like people to sign their names to getting you on the ballot. And a lot of those ballots get challenged. As someone who has challenged, has been involved in challenging uh, ballot eligibility, what they do is they hire people who sign hundreds of names out of the phone book in their own handwriting in the same pen. Those all get challenged. They get kicked off the rolls. They're no longer uh, available to be voted on. So probably not going to happen in many states, which sometimes that's a good thing. In this case, it is. Um, huge loser shit. Uh, figure that's, uh, that's a fun thing that's going to stick around for maybe like three more days and then we'll never talk about this fucking shit ever again. But you know, I hope so. Maybe six months later, Ash will still be banging onto it into a crowd of no one. Well, like poor, a burning body, a poor burn upon, upon a burning body is like, we have a new record. Please help promote us. (laughs) Yeah, suddenly them pretending that their vocalist was kidnapped is not the worst promotional item that they have. <laughs> uh, before we close in on this one, do you want to have a quick update on, I guess, the biggest story surrounding uh, the general hard metal sphere, hard rock sphere going? Do you want to talk about the update for Till Lindman? We will keep it so very brief, just so we can talk. say we address it and move on. Yeah, so following up our previous discussion on that, uh, there is now a probe into the allegations from police. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, Uh, for folks that maybe didn't see the cover art that I put up for last week's episode, it was an explicit threat from the Ramstein legal team uh, saying that any more accusations against their vocalist would be met with full legal action. Uh, which is a pretty uh, dirtbag fucking thing to do, I would say. Uh, and the band uh, and their legal team in the days since then has come out and said, actually, no, we didn't mean that. That's not what we were trying to say. <laughs> because my response to that is good luck. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll let you continue there. So yeah, Universal Music is also distancing themselves from the group. So everyone's pulling away from this, as they should. They should be a little bit more forceful in their condemnations. But uh, time will tell what happens. But we have heard from at least one of the band members specifically, the drummer Christoph Schneider has uh, released some comments about it. And I'll just run through these real quick as we're close to being done. Dear people, I would like to share my personal emotions and thoughts with you. 
The accusations of the last few weeks have deeply shaken us as a band and me as a person. You fans certainly too. I feel as if in shock by the things that have been shared on social media and in the press and in print about our singer. This is an ebb and flow of emotions for us band members and crew. No, I don't think anything criminally relevant, such as the use of knockout drops, happened. No, I don't think anything illegal was going on. I've never seen anything like it nor heard anything like it from any of our crew of 100 people. All I heard from Till's parties were adults celebrating together. And yet things seem to have happened that, although legally okay, uh, I personally don't think are okay. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm trying to read this because uh, I don't know what this legally business is about because these accusations sound very illegal. Extremely, and yeah. I, I, I question what he is actually referring to. Like, if there's just a general something else, like, I, his statement's very vague. I don't like this thing, but I don't think it was illegal. This is bad, but it wasn't that bad. So this is very tiptoe. I, I almost wonder if he's addressing something else and not the elephant in the room, so to speak. Could be that for sure. Uh, let's see here. Um, certain structures have grown that went beyond the limits and values of other band members. It is also important to us that Till's parties are not confused with our official after-show parties. Uh-huh. Till has distanced himself from us in recent years and created his own bubble. With their own people, their own parties, their own projects. That made me sad, definitely. I believe Till when he tells us that he always wanted and still wants to give his private guests a good time. How exactly these guests had imagined this, however seems to differ in some cases from his own ideas. The wishes and expectations of the women who have now come forward were probably not fulfilled. According to their statements, they felt uncomfortable on the edge of a situation that they could not control. That's not the statements that we've read. Nope, not even a little bit. I feel sorry for her and I feel compassion. However, it is important for me to emphasize something objective. Every guest in the backstage area is free to leave. Is free to leave. They may have not to wait a moment for security to lead them safely to the exit. All bottles are sealed and in full view of guests freshly opened or they open them themselves. Wow. This is our standard. So I'm sorry to hear that some didn't feel that way. We have the greatest fans in the world and they all deserve to be treated with respect. I'm sorry for anyone who wasn't treated kindly or felt unsafe backstage with us. But I don't want this whole public dispute about our band to feed the extremes. Neither the beast social media, which has not yet been tamed by our society, nor paternalistic tendencies to deny women in their mid-twenties the ability to make self-determined decisions about their sexuality and also by no means victim-blaming, so that people continue to talk about it if something happened to them. I wish for a calm, level-headed reflection and processing also in our band. And all together, six of us, we stand together. Yours, Christoph Schneider. Yeah, I mean, it's clear through that equivocation that some people think something bad happened, but actually, I don't think there was. We're all in this together. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is mealy mouth garbage, but in the end, that is essentially what it's playing at. Uh, I stay, you know, Till is kind of like distanced himself, or whatever. But I believe him; he's fine. Yeah, this is this is like trying to be a safe statement, but 
also saying, well, I never saw anything and he's always been cool to me. This whole thing about I don't want this to lead to some kind of paternal paternalistic tendency to deny women in their mid-20s the ability to make self-determined decisions about their sexuality is such a fantastic, as we said last time, like fantastically cynical PR speech. Like, you have all the right words there, and they're in reference to your vocalist drugging and raping a woman. How about that? What do you make of that? (laughs) And it's just like, it's not even like these were just... They've been together forever. He hasn't been out of his sight at any point. Like, Tillinman has his own solo stuff. He had the Lindemann Project with Peter Takrin from Hypocrisy, which a band that broke up, and there was a very awkward statement from Peter about, like, why it happened. So I wonder if there's any sort of connection with that as well. Who's to say? But this, at the end of the day, this statement is, like, everyone be nice but nothing bad happened. Exactly. So uh, I bet we could keep doing this forever. I bet we can get every single member of uh, the Ramstein team, their label, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to uh, have some nice college-educated words uh, that sound good, but ultimately mean we're not at fault. <laughs> so look forward to more of that in the future. That'll be great. I'm not, uh, not angry at all. Uh, what do you think? Should we call it here? Yeah, I think we can call it here for now. Uh, so again, uh, the fun has to end here. Uh, oh wait, no, 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 wait. There's those bonus episodes over on Patreon. Plenty of them, as a matter of fact. For $5, you get all of them. Uh, so do that. Give us money. Money now. Money please. And uh, hey, we'll see you next time. Bye. Imagine swimming mindlessly in the late afternoon sun when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a huge, horrifying creature roughly 15 feet long rocks your world.
were listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.